Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward alongside Jeremy File. Um, special week this week uh, it is rivalry week for both the Spartans and the Wolverines. The Wolverines last night, well, they got an easy one. They won by 19 uh, over Michigan State and uh you could argue it wasn't even that close uh, because there was some a spurt of points by Michigan State at the end. Uh, just, uh, just really a beatdown uh, as soon as the second half started, really, uh, and maybe even going into it as soon as Aaron Henry picked up his second foul. No matter how questionable that foul was, that was not the reason Michigan State lost. Um, and we'll kind of touch on that in the sequence that kind of followed in the start of the second half. But, Jeremy, your initial thoughts. Well, you know, of course, on the Michigan side. But Jeremy is actually here on time today. So, you know, first off, I think we need to take a second and applaud him for his, uh, you know, not tardiness. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, you're very, uh, very on the ball. It, it feels so much better when you're a winner. Um, uh, Wednesday, I, I was I was still sulking after the beatdown the Illini gave me, but I, I made it. I made it to the show. Uh, look, you know, this doesn't happen very often, Michigan winning anything as far as Big Ten championships, and we already know that Jim Harbaugh hasn't done it yet. And look, <laughs> Jawan Howard, man, he's, you know, you hate it or love it the guy has it rolling. I mean, he just does, you know, it's, I don't think he's like a mastermind coach. Um, I told you Tyler off air. I think there's a lot of things I want to shout out today on Michigan's end. I think John Beeline has to be a part of this. Yep. John Beeline has a lot of guys on this team right now that, you know, and rightfully so they waved to him as he was at the arena last night, by the way. Um, and that guy turned this thing around. He's the one that made this program relevant at all. And then even elite at some points. And then Jawan Howard is basically taking that and saying, oh, I can run with this. And when you have a staff like they have in Saudi Washington, Howard Isley, both from the state, both were big time players. Howard Isley, obviously, you know, an NBA player for years. Um, And then you get a guy like Phil Martelli, who has been a head coach for 30 years. And then you got behind your bench, Jay Smith, who is basically a consultant who was an assistant coach on the fab five um, from the state of Michigan. I remember him when I was a kid at the Michigan basketball camp, the energy he brought and the passion he brought for U of M was in ridiculously high. Um, Chris Hunter, who's on the staff who played at Michigan, what they've basically done, Tyler, is they've done a lot. What Michigan state has done. Let's get guys that are from here or played here and let's just pump this brand up, and and we, we got something special here. And I think if you're a Michigan fan, you got to be really excited about the way the basketball program has handled themselves. But I think you have to look at John Beeline and give him a lot of credit. And I, I just think this program is really, really doing it the right way too. I mean, they, they've they've found a way to play the right way. They're winning. They're recruiting high to higher level. Um, their attitude is very good. And I just think this year for Michigan State, it's just it's just a bad year. I mean, I, I they've been so good for so long that this is a random bad year. 
So if you're a Michigan State fan, you kind of just got to roll with this and go, this sucks, but, you know, this isn't something that we're used to seeing. So, you know, a lot of positive in Michigan, a lot of negative in Michigan State, I will say that. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's just one of those years. It's a special year for Michigan. Yeah, it really is. And like like you said, you got to cut the time line. People are saying, oh, John Howard turned this around. Turn around what? <laughs> like, that's like uh, oh culture. Are we gonna have a culture talk today? That's exactly where I was going with it. Was oh Mel Tucker's culture just so much better than Van Tuck? Get out of here today. No, Juwan Howard. You you said it though. He's he's not he's not old in regards to being a coach. You know, and yeah, he has. I mean, even what. Two, three years ago, he was an assistant coach in the NBA with young, talented players around him, uh, you know, on his team. And he's brought a little life to that. He's brought some of that youthful energy that comes with him. And look, it is kind of the same deal with uh, Tucker and D'Antonio, minus the fact that. Mel Tucker hasn't had any success yet. And, you know, signs aren't exactly pointing up in regards to a lot of his circumstances, but he's younger. He brings in that energy. The kids who played for D'Antonio, just like the kids who like to play, uh, who like to play for Beeline, bought it to Juwan Howard's energy and what he was able to bring. But John Beeline had the thing rolling well before Howard got there. And when you factor in the ability and the development of some of these kids and you bring in John Howard's youth to kind of give it or his energy, you know, doing a confetti angels last night after the game, when you bring that energy in, it kind of, it boosts, it boosts the morale a little bit, you know, not to say John Howard's going to ever sniff what John Beeline ever did as a head coach. But, you know, you took a team that was seeded ninth last year. You brought everybody back, except for two pieces, Teske and Simpson. And what do you, and those guys were the leaders on the team. And what happens? You actually get better at the point guard spot, and you get a lot better at the center spot. Yeah, it, it was a recipe yeah. for a Big Ten championship, and we just didn't see it till it was too late. No, I, I think, you know, I, I tell people this all the time. You, you can't have it both ways. I mean, we could sit here and um, talk about John Beeline till we're blue in the face because he's just great. I mean, we're basketball guys. And, I, I gosh, I'm watching John Beeline passing drills last night at work. You know, yes, I can watch stuff on my phone and listen to stuff at my work. I have a pretty cool job. But um, I'm watching these passing drills. And I go, this is why they were so great is because they were so fundamental. They didn't turn the ball over. And the whole segment was on limiting turnovers. What happens is Jawan comes in. He takes that piece and says, wow, these kids know how to play. They're going to not turn the ball over. They're going to play smart. They're, gonna, they're very fundamentally sound. They're gifted and skilled. We're going to add a couple things that are going to make us better that they didn't have. They rebound better now. Yeah. You know, they all rebound in Michigan State last night. It doesn't happen very often, you know. And then they're a little more physical up front as far as pressuring the ball. They also throw a little bit of uh, full-court pressure with something that's a wrinkle. So he has done a couple things that have been really, really good. Obviously, he's going to recruit well. We know that. 
Jawan Howard loves Michigan. He played there, and it, 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 there's a passion there. There's a, you know, it's go blue, go blue, Michigan's gray, and it's the attitude Michigan State people hate, but it's definitely the attitude you got to have there. I mean, you have to have that. This is Michigan attitude because it, it works there. People need to want to come there. They got to think the place is special, whether it really is or not. You, you know, they, they got to feel that way. I mean, as a kid going to those camps, Michigan was the place to be if you're a basketball person. You wanted to go to Michigan. You didn't want to go to Michigan State. Just wasn't even thought of. So, Jawan's trying to do that. And the one thing I will say, man, and this will get your blood boiling, but it's the truth. The one thing the guy does do also is I don't think he really likes Michigan State. I mean, he mentioned the Draymond video. He's pumping this rivalry up because he knows there's no way I do anything special if I don't surpass those guys. Like, I have to out-recruit Tom Izzo. I have to beat them in games. I got to win Big Ten championships. And, you know, I told you off air, the only thing I worry about is, you know, will this staff stay together for multiple years? Will it be the same group? Will Howard Isley be in for the job at Boston College? Because he is up for that job, by the way. Um, will Saudi Washington say, you know what? I was a head coach. It didn't work, but I want to try it again. You know, I want to go somewhere to mid-majors or maybe it's Oakland, right? Yeah. You know, you know, Greg Camp you know, is, is old. You know, he's going to be done eventually. Maybe Saudi Washington goes there, you know, again, and, and it's the head coach. Um, maybe he goes to a Western Michigan. You know, he, he played there. So it's like, look, that's the worry, but – those are not bad worries to have. Yeah. You know, you're going to still get great assistance. Yeah, I think that uh, Jawan staying in the staff staying is very important. Absolutely. I, th- I think the big thing, too, and something else that we've talked about is when you break down um, – when you break down how uh, early it is in his career and you look at the players that could potentially leave – yeah, he's got the number one recruiting class coming in, but you need you need at least a couple of these guys to stay. Livers is gone. Brooks is gone. Smith is gone. You need Bogner to stay. You need Dickinson to stay. And both of them do have potential pro uh, prospects coming up. And, you know, I think Bogner being the 6'9 wing who can shoot, I think that's huge. Uh, a lot more athletic than people do give him credit for including myself at times, uh, not a freak athlete by any stretch of the imagination, probably one of the worst, I don't know, out of the starting fives last night, both groups, he might be eight or nine in regards to his athleticism still, but I think he's a little underrated there, Um, has the ability to shoot, uh, block shots, and play sound fundamental basketball like like you said like we were talking about off air there's a lot of things that he does well that pro scouts love and so i think that he's uh so i think he might leave it just with it being so early yeah he's got the number one class coming in he needs a couple of those guys to stay to build that foundation you can't just rip it away every couple of years. It doesn't work for Kentucky. Yeah, they win SEC championships, but guess what? The SEC sucks at basketball. And well, I think that's what they're going to be, though, Tyler. I think they're going to try to be and emulate Kentucky. They're hoping that look, if we can just get every good player possible every year, we got a really good shot at making the Final yeah. Four. I mean, let's just yeah. be honest. If you look at Kentucky, they they weren't 
always that good. And they had some struggling moments and they looked terrible. And every year Calipari would say the same thing. You know, we're young, we're young. You know, it was like to your blue in the face, you, you know, he say that, well, we're young, we're inexperienced. And, and what would happen is they would start clicking in March and then they would make a little run and they would get to the final four. They wouldn't win. But, but it's hard what to happens win championships. is, yes, <laughs> it is hard to win championships. You know, like you said, the SEC is nowhere near what, you know, the Big Ten is. It's all around conference. So, Jawan Fry, you know, I don't think he's really thinking about Big Ten championships like that, but I think he knows the only way to ever be relevant is you got to get the type of kids you got next year and you got to hope that they're going to go to the league. So I think Wagner and Dickinson, you know, I look, of course I want him to come back, but I really want him to come back because I think, you know, they could be potential lottery first round pick. Like Wagner, I think, will always be a guy. If he comes back one more year, he's got a great chance to be a lottery pick next year. If if Dickinson comes back, he could be the best big man for sure in the college basketball. But it doesn't work that way anymore, man. You know, if you got it, if you got the goods and you're getting talked about and you're getting the hype, you got to go. So I, I don't think Hunter comes back for sure. But I actually do think Wagner may. And now you're talking about you got a young big coming in. You got Wagner. And look, I hate to talk about the future, but this is where this rivalry gets intense because you got to do it over and over. You know, Tom Izzo beat Michigan over and over and over and out recruiting them over and over and over. Jawan has to do it a lot. You know, he has to do it three, four years in a row. And how that happens is a couple guys stay so they can bump their NBA prospects up. And then a couple of young kids come in are just elite. I mean, that's yeah, how you win. Obviously, that's kind of what Michigan State fans are hoping for, too. You know, oh, yeah, Michigan State can have, uh, you know, solid pieces in place like a Gabe Brown and potentially Aaron Henry if Aaron Henry doesn't go pro, by the way, which the way he's played lately, uh, it's looking like he might. Um, but, yeah. but you have those types of leaders. You have – those types of guys that surround your elite talents, like a Max Christie who's coming in, like a Keon Coleman, Mr. Quadruple Double coming in, and uh, a potentially Amoni Bates coming in. You have those guys who can sit there and be like, no, 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 I've been here. This is how it's done. And that's that's what Michigan yeah. needs. They need some of those guys to stay. And you look, we're not trying to just look at the future of Michigan just to try to look at the future and say, oh, the season's over. Tyler's, you know, a little frustrated about last night, and so we're just going to talk about next year. That's not the case. That's talking about Michigan using this as the first stepping stone to build to build an elite program because, look, as much as we hyped up John Beeline at the beginning of the show, he made them really, really good. He made them great, but they're, well, they look, weren't the bottom elite. line. Yeah, the, and I and that's what that you need to do to build that. Well, I think this is look. This is a rivalry show, man. I mean, we're going to talk about things that are the most important pieces. I mean, the things that you and I talk about, Tyler. You know, some people do, but not many do because we get it more. And we'll, how we get it more is we understand what happens. We know the future because we've seen how this goes. <laughs> Tom Izzo comes in and he was the new blood and new energy to say, you know what, Judd, you were great, but we got to do a couple of things different to make us at that elite level. Got to get rid about. of that but zone I think defense. That the thing that people, 
<laughs> yeah, you know, right. And and I think that there's a there was a respect there at the highest level for Tom and Judd. He was there, and there was a really high respect for Jawan. You know, as far as him respecting the hell out of John Beeline, this is a, something that people kind of forget though, on the Michigan end. And you know, we what's elite, what's not, right? I mean, John Beeline gets the Player of the Year in Trey Burke to develop that kid. Um, you know, you get a Nick Stauskas, who's the Player of the Year in the conference, and they win the regular season in 14, right? The last time they won it. Um, you know, you get a guy like Tim Harway Jr., who's been in the league for years now. You get a guy like Jordan Poole now recently who moved back up to the Warriors, played really well, had 26 the other night. Um, you know, you got a guy like Iggy Przingis kind of bouncing around G League NBA, you know, and, and you get, um, you know, uh, guys like Duncan Robinson who have made a huge name for themselves. And, and you know, you got DJ Wilson who's been in the league. You got, you got a yeah. lot of guys under Beeline that play in the NBA. Um, you, you know, Jawan adds to that. And if Livers can bounce around G League the NBA next year, great. Um, you know, if, if they can find – if Mike Smith can get a G League contract, you know, I think that would be a, a stretch. But if he can, that's like big time. That's great. Um, you know, this is what happens. I mean, this is how you build a program. Like, you've got to have guys playing in the NBA. And Tom Izzo said such a great thing last night. And this goes to my final point. One of the guys asked him, "Is you know, is, is this – you know, this is kind of like your AAU culture. You know, you guys got to play X amount of games and it's back-to-back stuff. And he goes, look, I don't want to talk about AAU basketball. If you want to talk about NBA, and like it was like almost like degrading. Like, really, AAU? You're going to talk to me about AAU? Like, how about, how about the NBA? Like, what's the NBA doing? Huh. You know, it was so funny. And uh, I don't know Lindsay the reporter's Huddleston. name. His first name is Lindsey. Uh, but... <laughs> the SBS Project. Yeah, Tom, Tom. Yeah, Tom gave him the business there. But the bottom line is this. You have to have guys play in the NBA. You'll never win if you don't have multiple kids going to the league every year. At least one. you got to have one every year. Like right now, it's a sad and scary situation for Michigan because I'm so happy. But you probably need Hunter Dickinson to go to the NBA. It looks good. You know, like, wow, that guy came in here one year and now he's in the league. You know, as far as full player potential and, and they should go and they're really ready and they could be making more money in an elite and in a lottery, he probably should stay, you know, Wagner should stay. But that's how you build your program by sending guys those guys to the league. Yeah, it's just bottom line. Because that's all that's ultimately the goal of anybody. And you know, you even see kids at smaller schools getting opportunities like that, going to smaller schools just so they can have the focal point on them. And they can get the attention. They yeah. can get the buckets. They can get the rebounds. Uh, and they'll just do it against smaller competition and hope that that catches an eye for an invite. You know, I mean, that, that's what you see a lot of kids do. Yeah. Especially in basketball. Not so much in uh, the college football game. You know, just go ahead, be four string at Alabama and try to beat everybody out until it's time to grad transfer and you don't make it. Um, but... But that, yeah. that's what you need to do in basketball. And, uh, so to have those guys go to the league, you know, w- would be huge. And look, they're going to be pros eventually. Uh, and when I say that, I'm talking about Wagner and Dickinson. But it's just a matter of when they need to come back if Juwan Howard wants to have a chance to 
I don't want to say build because I said this isn't a rebuild, but to put it in that upper echelon where Michigan State is and where Duke is and where Kentucky is. And yeah, sure, all three, three of those teams I mentioned kind of fell off a little bit this year, but that, but that's where it's at right now. Um, look. Well, he's competing against Kentucky's other world, Tyler. Like, last thing I'm going to say real quick, because I know we, we really need to, we need yeah. to talk about the things that matter this year, but just to say the last thing on the future talk, Jawan is, is he's not looking at Michigan State and saying, I want to be like them. He's saying, I got to be like Kentucky, Duke, and the only way I can even come close is if Hunter Dickinson goes to the league now. So that's the the tough spot because you know what's going to happen next year. They're just not going to be as good right away. It's going to take time. I mean, those young kids are so good and gifted and very, very good players. I mean, very good. But, you know, you just just don't come in, even as a McDonald's All-American, and you don't come in as freshmen and just take over the league. It doesn't work that way. This conference is too damn good and too damn physical. And when you got to battle Wisconsin and Michigan State and Illinois and Iowa and then Rutgers is good now and Indiana is always athletic, you're just not going to beat everybody with freshmen. It's it's impossible. This isn't the soft ass yeah, SEC. Suck on that football this fans. isn't you know even the Pac-12. <laughs> excuse me. You know, Pac-12 is like you know whatever. It's okay, but it's not elite. Big Ten is a great conference. So, but you you do you do get people's attention by. Final Fours, yep. NBA. I don't think anybody cares right now about – like they're seeing what Michigan's doing and winning the Big Ten, and it's getting everybody's attention because it was shocked everybody. But that's not what's going to sell that program. It's yep. Is Hunter Dickinson going to be in the league? Is Isaiah Livers going to be in the league? You know, is, yep. is Wagner going to be in yeah, the league? And, that's what's and, and that's kind of the difference. Is Tom Izzo is a full-blown college coach. He gets guys in the league, obviously especially the development. Oh, my gosh, the development of Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston. You you know, you look at those situations. Like, he is a full-blown college coach where his resume is built upon Final Fours. John Calipari was in the league, so John Calipari saying is pushing guys to the league. You know, Juwan Howard was in the league and in the league as an assistant coach, so his thing is to get guys to the league. And so that's what they need. They need to get guys to the league. Right. Um, let's turn our attention to and don't and don't go to the league, Juwan. Juwan, don't go to the league. Juwan, Just stay cool with it. Um, but I, uh, yeah. Look, let's let's turn our attention to last night. Um, you know, I mentioned the flagrant foul that Aaron Henry got, which I mean, you and I both agree was kind of a bogus call. And that being said, you know, there was a situation. Yeah. Uh, I got a phone call last night. You know, I was talking to my brother um, pretty much from halftime to the end of the game. And we were both just incredibly angry and annoyed with everything going on. I think he had, I don't know, I think he pretty much had a beer a minute the last four minutes of the first half. Um, just at the rate things were going. And uh, <laughs> when he, I was talking to him, he goes, oh, that foul turned the tied to the game and it's like well the lead went from five to eleven you brought it back down to seven or nine and then this is what decided the game is when Michigan State brought the lead back down to that seven nine point difference there were about four 50-50 balls 
and Michigan State didn't win a single freaking one of them. Two of them, I know one one resulted in the Wagner three. There's another one that resulted in two points. I don't remember what the other two resulted in. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't drink last night. I just try to forget. But <laughs> but <laughs> those were what decided the game because that took that seven to nine point lead and that turned it up. And that made it really difficult to come back. I think it bumped it to 15, 16, 17 points. And that, that's where the difference in the game was. Um, because after after you get 15 points yeah. down to Michigan, you're not going to make that up easy. You know, a lot of comebacks, you can sit there and like, okay, we're playing this team. And if you can say, if we make up a point a minute, get a stop, hit a three – like there's three points already and you just kind of work that number down as you go, you can make a reasonable comeback. Some of them might be incredible to watch. Some of them might be 15, 20 point comebacks, but a point a minute is about that line where you want to stay. And when, when that 17 minute mark hit, the team just lost everything. The seventeen minute market, they lost those uh they lost those four fifty fifty balls. That momentum changed and you cannot make up that point a minute against Michigan the way they play defense. You can't do it. And so it was a lot harder than that. And so the lead actually expanded up to thirty at that point. And ultimately, like I said, it was a thirty point game it's a twenty point game disguised as a or thirty point game disguised as a twenty point game. That's what it was, you know, just like the loss that Michigan State had against Maryland. That is a 10-point loss disguised as an 18-point loss. That, that's what it is. That's the way the game was going. Yeah. At that 17-minute mark, speaking of Mark, Dickinson won that, got down to the floor. Rocket Watts did not even move for that ball. He reached down once Dickinson had control, and then he was trying to recover and play defense. And since he reached down late, he was late getting out on the coverage. That allowed Wagner to hit a three. We did not see Rocket Watts the rest of the 17 minutes that were left in that game. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. Uh, the, the three things I'm going to say real quick, because I know we got a lot to cover. Number one, Michigan State, a couple things going wrong can't dictate your whole game. And and these guys were talking after the game about it, and even Tom was. And I think I think Tom's talking that way because he knows his team. I mean, you know, when one thing goes bad, I mean, that's the game. I mean, that's basically where they're at right now. So whether it's a bad call, whether it's uh, not getting a loose ball, giving up a three, then it turns into going under the screen on ball screen, leaving Wagner wide open a couple times, boom, boom. And then it's, you know, not contesting in, in Michigan when they get rolling. This is the second thing to couple on that. When they get rolling, they're really, really good. And they've done this all year. Where When they start hitting a couple threes, they get in a couple stops, and they start rolling, good luck. You know, I mean, they're just they, – they're just so cohesive and they have such good chemistry. And they're the opposite of Michigan State. When things don't go well, they try to fight and try to get it done. Yeah. And they yeah. have more resolve. They just do. They're tougher right now mentally. I, I, it's not a physical thing. It's a mental thing with Michigan State. Then the last thing, the Rocket Watts thing, 
I'm concerned for two ways. Number one, I don't think he should have set out the whole half. I think he was making a difference in the first half. He was getting some, you know, good looks. You know, he got the and one. He had a nice little mid-range. He's the guy that he he's better than AJ in that where he can do that. AJ can run the team better, but AJ can't score. He can't make plays really. Even though I think he did get to the rim once and he was it was really nice, but he's not ready yet. He's only a freshman. But that's the thing that worries me is okay. Not only is it a player's thing, I think the coaches have seen it so many times when they kind of go, yeah, forget this. We know where this is going. And they can't do that as coaches either, Tyler. They have to say, you know what? We got to roll with those with those guys that we, we were using in those wins. And it's going to be ugly. It's not going to be pretty. And we're tired. And, you know, we're going to have to – you're going to see that Sunday, by the way. Sunday, I have zero doubt that Tom's going to roll with the guys and say, you know what, just dig and scratch and fight. And my God, let's find a way to get a win against our rival. And I think they won't play it the same way but because uh, he's so good at adjustments. But I'll tell you, Tyler, it worries me, though. When one thing goes bad or two things go bad and it just goes from bad to worse to god-awful, that's where you know you don't have a good team. Yeah, it's I mean, a, you just know you we're know, not good this year. Kind of quicksand mentality. You know, one thing goes wrong and then you try to fight your way out and you just keep burying yourself. And look, I think uh, part of the issue last night, man, when you look at the effort, you know, because that, that Watts play was one play, but it was very indicative of, you know, that series. It was the turning point of the game. Um, when you look at the effort that Michigan State played with last night, two guys gave effort. Aaron Henry and Mady Sissoko, and Sissoko didn't play but like the last three to four minutes. And he, I mean, those two guys looked good. Aaron Henry had a buttload of turnovers, but when you are literally trying to do everything and you are not LeBron James or you are not Michael Jordan, when you are literally trying to do everything and you're not at that level you're going to make a lot of mistakes. It, it, it is what it is, whether you go to the NBA this year or not. Uh, the way he's played lately, I think he's got a good shot at the league. But he is not that type of, of player because what those two have always been able to do, you know, LeBron's just able to use the size and kind of bully his way into the paint. Jordan's always just been able to rise over the top of you. Aaron Henry does not have those skills. Uh, I said he's the best post-up wing in the country on offense and defense. Uh, I still think I'm right by that. But you're not barreling your way into the paint or you're not just rising up over the top. That allows time for help to come over. And that's that's what the issue is with him, I think. But there was just a massive lack of effort on everybody's part. And I think because of that – you know, no disrespect to Thomas Kithier. You're going to see Sissoko a lot more. Thank God. Well, I think they're super gassed. I mean, the guys that they <laughs> need to play really, really well are tired. And that's not an excuse, yeah, but it's, it's the 100% reality of that. It, you know, Aaron Henry is tired. He's, he's not he's not a player where Tom had a great point, though, in the, in the presser where he said – you know, when you, I don't want him to play a point because you know if you go, if you play mm-hmm. that position the right way, that takes a lot of energy, and it does. It takes a lot of energy to run the point guard position. I know. I mean, it's hard to play both ends yeah, really, really well when you're the focal point of the offense. 
you know, and, and I've been the other way where I was just the, the role player come off the bench, you know, at, at the pro level, make a couple plays, drive, kick. But when you're the focal point of the offense and then you're asked to do three or four things on offense, it affects you on defense. It affects you fully. And, and I think they have got to do this collectively. Mm-hmm. What did we talk about beginning of the year, Tyler, how deep they were, right? Gosh, they're so deep. I mean, how can you compete against a team that has so much depth? Well, guess what? Gabe Brown's got to play well. You know, he's always got to play well. Joey Hauser, my God. Oh, we'll get to Hauser. Okay. Don't worry about that. We'll get to good. Hauser. You know, I mean, but just make one shots. of the. <laughs> I mean, but but you get it. Like, you get my point. You guys have to step up. I mean, this is your time. Jo- well, Josh gassed. couldn't even go. Josh is gas. Yeah, Josh couldn't even go. You know, okay, Gabe Brown, you, know, you got to hit shots. The second game against Indiana, he told us how tired he was. You want to know what Izzo said? Screw you. Oh, by the way, you're playing point. <laughs> and we just talked about how much that wears on you. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. You know, you played 16. You're, you played six games in 13 days. I get, you get two days off. That's going to be a nice resting point. But you know what? Shame on me. And this is where I'm going off. All right, I'm giving you a fair warning. Shame on me for believing <laughs> that a nice backdoor pass, ripping Hunter Dickinson, and then getting to the line. Shame on me for thinking that Joey Hauser was actually going to pull his head out of his butt that came after those three plays. Because it was sequential. It was the best three-play series any player has had all year at Michigan State. And and then you want to know what he does? I, yeah. I've vented a lot about Joey Hauser on the show. You want to know what he does after that? He bites on a pump fake by the guy you complain about <laughs> who can't shoot threes and gets blown by yeah. for an easy layup. That got blown by. Blown by. By Brandon Johns. And by, and by the way, blown by, like, you know, like we're not, we don't like to pick on kids, but blown by meaning means Brandon Johns just got to the paint at all. That's what blown by is. Like him even getting a decent layup. Like I'm laughing because both those guys drive me nuts. I mean, those are the guys that have to be. Uh, I'm, I mean, looking, okay. I'm looking at my you know, collection. Forgive me. You, you, you got <laughs> Sensitive, sensitive topic, sensitive topic alert. Sensitive topic. Okay. Joey Hauser and Brandon Johns, I'll just say it. You they two belong drive on the me cover crazy of Dumb and Dumber. Brandon Johns with his athleticism, number one. And, and, with, and with Brandon Johns, I, well, I, I, Joey Hauser that's last a bit night. Much, but I think Joey Hauser is a little dumber. <laughs> well, uh, you know. Samsonite, I was way off, you know, I mean, all right, you know, it's like, okay, John's, oh, I forgot he isn't a shooter, you know, why am I closing out, Um, and then he gets to the paint, and and then it's like, dude, dunk, dunk the ball, dude, dunk, you you get to the paint, because he just misses, point blank, right, like, next year is going to be a bad year for me, because we have to play him a lot. So, you know, and it's not – the fact of the matter is I'm only angry because I know the potential of both. Joey Hauser is a potential 
great piece for the NBA because he can pick and pop and shoot threes. He's a decent passer when he wants to be. He's got size. Those are the things that the NBA wants. Just don't be terrible on defense. Don't turn the ball over left and right. And finish. And Brandon Johns, and, and Brandon Johns kind of does the same thing sometimes where, you know, he, he loses the ball sometimes randomly. Um, you know, he doesn't finish inside very well at times. And then last night, you know, he gets a tip in. And then he drives in his scores. I was elated with Brandon Johns last night. I thought well, that he was – that was huge tip in. Like when Joey Hauser made those few plays, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> He's playing well. That's not fair. I mean, you know, I just – he was made the backdoor cut, beautiful. The 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 strip on Hunter, beautiful. Uh, made a tough shot. You know, yeah, it's like, dude, he got to the paint the one time Hauser and scored. That was, that was like – we don't see that very often from him. So, yeah, it was like, hey, Brandon, yeah, 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 what? I'm going to let you score. You just let me play well, too. Um, that's what it was. And then it was just like it went from bad to worse for Michigan State. But, you know, we don't – me and Tyler don't rip players. There's only, like, a few guys we just No, no, I'm, 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 try, I'm trying to rip but Joey Hauser. Like, Joey Hauser is easily picked on. I mean, what was the game where he – was it Purdue at Purdue? He killed them. He crushed them. I mean, he did not. Turnover, didn't Bobby Williams turnover, on that hookup turnover or that hook and shot that, that ended is up winning good. the game. What about? Well, this is the game yeah. at Purdue. Oh, right? okay. We had the three so, sorry, in I was a row. talking about how he screwed up the first one. First. Right? Is that yeah? <laughs> yeah. So the second one was worse because, I mean, look, he's in the game. This is like crunch time. So both games. And he kills you. That's what – I know how this works, Tyler. I know what next year – I hate to look ahead because I'm so – I'm very happy. This Michigan team was great. They're fun to watch. Big Ten champs. I'm, I'm elated. But I know how important every player is. Joey Hauser is very important to Michigan State. He's got to play well. He's got to hit shots. He's got to defend well. He's got to be smart. Brandon Johns has to play well. There's going to be a game in the tournament where Brandon Johns has to come in and he has to play well, and they don't do it. They don't do enough, and it kills you. It kills you. It, it, it's that six-point swing. It's that seven-point swing, and it happens over and over to both teams, and it's usually yes. those two guys. Yeah, I hate to say it, but it I mean, usually it, is. It, it is what it is at this point in the season. You know, I don't think anything's going to change as much as I kind of started to believe it a little bit last night. Um, but let's let's turn our attention to Sunday. All right. So obviously, Michigan doesn't need to make many adjustments. They were getting open looks from three. Uh, they were uh, they out rebounded Michigan State. They played fantastic defensively. Uh, what was how how long was that stretch? Like a twelve minute stretch with three points, four points, whatever it was. Uh, in the second half last night, they played well defensively. So yeah. you know they don't have to adjust anything. You know, obviously there's going to be in game adjustments. You know, stuff above mine and Jeremy's pay grade in regards to what either of us have really done in basketball. Um, hey, oh, look. Look, I, that, that's hey, not, hey, hey that's there. Not, look, Don't, you, speak you for win. yourself. Look, I mean, you, I'm you broke. I'm broke, but. And you have played. Uh, you have played. A, you know, you had a MAC championship. You played in the NCAA tournament. Uh, 
Like, that's not what I mean by that. What I mean is... <laughs> well, I was there. <laughs> I was there in attendance. Me and Ionic, and we were both there. We showed, We were like the best seat in the house, me and Ionic. Shout out again to AI. We were, we were play. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, you we were really were part of it. Seen what that takes, but at the same time, you are not strategizing against Tom Izzo. And so, what does... Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's a little bit above our prayer. Thank God. Um, What does Tom Izzo need to do, though, over the next couple (laughs) of days? Like, what does... What needs to happen for what happened last night to not happen Sunday? Um. Three things right away for sure need to happen. You, you know, you, you have to ball, defend the ball screen way better. You have to, you know, get in their airspace. If you're inside, I don't think you can single cover Hunter no matter who it is because that causes foul trouble and it also causes, you know, him to get going, which makes them get going. You know, if Hunter Dickinson gets a couple easy baskets, they're really hard to beat. The most important player on that team is him. Yeah. So, you know, you got to be smart. You got to dig. They, you know, they talked about how they digged a certain way. I don't think you double Hunter. That's bad, but you got to dig hard because he is a good passer. Not out. A he's not hole. Coburn where he's just going to shoot the ball inside every time. But I, they, so you got to, you, yeah, you got to defend the ball screen better. You got to take airspace away. You can't go under any of those screens. They got four or five shooters. You got to close out better. Um, you got to dig inside better. Offensively, you just you, you got to do a lot of things better. I mean, number one, it's a make or miss league. College and NBA make or miss league. You miss shots. You know, you go eight minutes without scoring. Uh, you're not going to beat anybody. I mean, let alone Michigan. So they got to shoot with confidence. They got to, uh, you know, run a lot of sets where they can, you know, free guys up with screens. And let me, I want to say this real quick. I've watched Michigan and Michigan State all year. The way the one thing I will say for Izzo's defense and any coach's defense. Can we just, oh, like, not call a moving screen every time? Because Michigan State's been getting hammered this Davis year. Malik Hall's been getting him. destroyed on moving screens. Hauser's been getting – yeah, I mean, you know, Michigan State has really – that's their thing, Tyler. You know it. The pin downs, hard screens to get their shooters open. If they're going to call a legal screen every single time – that kills Michigan State because that's how they free people up. They don't have Cassius Winston to create. They don't have a veteran Tillman. So what do they got to do? They got to free Josh up. Like what they had a great screen for Josh in the first half. He flares. You know, Shondre Brown got drilled on the screen. Oh my God, no whistle. Wide open. Bang. That's what Michigan State is pushing the ball hard down screen, open look, and bury the shot. Or get out in the break like Rocket did and get the and one. That's Michigan State basketball. But if you're going to call a damn moving screen every play, I mean, what are we doing out here? And Tom has a good point because he's like, it's hard to even play anymore. I mean, the hook and hold, the, you know, the the illegal screen. I mean, Austin Davis sets the ball screen. He sticks his knee out. The guy runs into his knee, and it's a moving screen. I mean, I, I mean, the NBA, you can roll into the guy, you can hold the guy, push off the guy. And the refs are like, whatever, it's game 700, I don't care. But in the Big Ten, it's the most physical league, but they call moving screens the whole game. So <laughs> it's a really – t- this is what kills us, Tyler, in the tournament. And th- someone said this the other day, is I don't like to complain about officials, but the way it's called in the Big Ten is much different than other leagues. They are crushing our teams because they're, this, this is it physical, is it not – way of playing it's killing the flow 
because you're, you're going to see Michigan in the tournament tower. Here's my fear. Uh, they're a little better suited for this than Michigan State is because Michigan State can't have that happen to them with these terrible calls. But you worry you're going to get to the game that's going to be, oh, we're just pressuring the ball and putting hands on They're calling it right away. This happens every year where you get to the tournament and, you know, you, you play a certain way and it's a, you're playing a fast team that sprint, you spaces the floor and then you get beep, foul on the floor, you know, up top. Whoa, I played this way the whole year because the Big Ten never calls that. But then they call this tic-tac crap. It's the most inconsistent conference officiating. How can you play basketball, Tyler? If, if I can guard you, right, and I can hand check you the whole way and ride you and they don't call it. But the moment I move my shoulder a little bit on a screen or the moment I post up and put my hands near you, I get called for a hook. Yeah. How the it, hell can you uh, play basketball like it's that? Absolutely it's insane, incredible but... to me. Look, I, I think you're right. I think they need to get the guys open. I think they need to get those uh, looks that you talked about because, look, last night was the – First game in 13 years, Michigan State has not hit a three-pointer. And the the thing with the the situation wow. with college Amazing basketball now is you got to hit threes. You and I talked about it. how many three-pointers did Michigan hit last night? Yeah, seven points. That's seven. Twenty-one. Seven threes. That's twenty-one points. Uh, well, how much did Michigan State lose by? Yeah. 19. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's even if, if you cut it in half, yeah, I mean, it's you, you can't win by making zero exactly. threes. I mean, you could, exactly. we can exactly. talk about what Michigan I, seven, but the biggest thing the is Michigan State zero. I mean, it's different. Like, that's how it, much the three pointer means now. I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Steph Curry has yeah. kind of helped change the game. And when you have guys who are – and Dirk kind of yep. helped change the game. When you have guys who are 6'9", like Bogner, able to step back and hit a three-pointer, and he hit most of them for Michigan last night, That that's going to end up being the difference. And Michigan State needs to hit a yeah. couple. Let me, let me say this real quick, Tyler. I'm I'm sorry I got you got me all excited. I think you started this whole thing with my energy and blood flowing with the Hauser talk, but I'm a little excited because this is something that should matter to Michigan State fans. Um, that three point shot, they got shooters. I mean, I mentioned it at the beginning of the year. How Brown I said, Jesus. Hit. I mean, Hauser can hit, Mark can hit, Josh can hit, Aaron can hit. You know, they they got multiple shooters. You got to hit shots. Like Michigan's hard to guard because. Look at the Iowa game. Look at how Iowa killed Michigan State because they said, oh, we're just going to go double hard and dig hard on Garza. Caffrey was kicking it out. Wieskamp's hitting threes. Fredrickson's hitting threes. And, and, you know, McCaffrey was like eight feet. You know, yeah, I mean, any good D1 player is going to hit that. I mean, that was – there's your problem right there is because on defense you give up a few threes, but – you're not hitting them in return. And, and the big thing is, though, that, that will be the thing. How does Tom guard Hunter? Does he say, you know what, I feel confident. We're just going to throw the whole kitchen sink at him, and we're going to put all four bigs on him in the whole game. Maybe he'll get two fouled and sit out again like he did. And we're just giving up no more threes, no more open looks for Wagner, no more open looks for Livers. 
I mean, Livers was getting checked. I don't know if it was Brown. And they, the guy kind of backs up a little bit because he's worried about the dump down to Hunter. And Livers just says, eh, I'll just rise up and hit this all net. You know, Shondre Brown can do the same thing. Mike Smith, if you go under the screen, he isn't Simpson. He, he can hit that. So, look, man, it's like I said, it's a make or miss yeah. league. But Michigan State has to figure out what are we going to be on defense? I mean, are we going to give up threes or are we going to give up hard twos? I think if you just watch Illinois, and I know you're not Illinois, but if you just watch the way they defend in Michigan, that's how you defend them. You deny wing entry. You don't. You go over every ball screen, and you know you just don't give Hunter yeah. wide open rolls. Well, well that's one of the I things missed. that we've talked about. And that, that's I mean, how you that's defend Michigan. Said, it's, said, it's very simple. Michigan State, they're not good, but I said this leading into the Illinois game. Athletically, I think they can stick with Illinois better than anybody else in the conference. Um, and that's what they were. You were right a lot this year, by the way. You were really, you were right, number one, about Illinois being probably the best team, which still hurts my heart <laughs> because I'm going to take this Big Ten championship and tell everyone to suck it. But <clears throat> Illinois, Illinois is just so. Look, there's three teams, and I know we'll talk a lot more about this next week, but I want to say this real quick. There's three teams that I look at and go, oh, Michigan just doesn't match up well. And those are the three teams that everybody's talking about, the Baylor, the Gonzaga, the Illinois. Those teams are athletic, more athletic than Michigan, faster than Michigan, and just as big as Michigan or bigger in spots. So those are your three teams. You go, good luck. And Baylor, guess what they do really well, too? They hit threes. Guess what Illinois does really well at times? (laughs) They hit threes. Well, well, to be fair, you were right. I mean, you were talking about how – Michigan State's length to try to help pin off those threes. You talk about that Livers one where Brown kind of backed up, or you think it was Brown. I I don't remember. It it was a daze at that point. Um, But (laughs) it had to be Hauser. But Joey, forget it. It was Joey. The length that you have with Henry and with Brown and with Hogarth, (laughs) and you kind of take away those entry passes in Dickinson and yeah, Dickinson had what fourteen and ten last night, but I mean, that, what what they did, I th- I think it was the right thing to do. You know, is how they played it, and maybe you get a few less points if uh, you don't play Kithier, and then on top of that, you don't play Kithier after Kithier gets beat, after a dead ball, after how easy it looked the first time. And you let him go in there and let the same thing happen again. All <laughs> how many long lists? <laughs> we call this the how. I want to see a little more maybe Soka because <laughs> maybe Soka was able to get in Coburn's head. Coburn was throwing elbows and stuff. Dickinson's not that type of a yeah. player, but I think Dickinson yeah. can look. He looks a little right, like a freshman. He looks a little more timid. If you hit him at the top of the circle, the free throw circle you hit him at the top there and make him work for everything uh 18 feet and in yeah. and that's what Sissoko did really really well with Coburn and that's why I want to see Sissoko a lot more on Sunday uh we're getting close to the end here mostly because some people only have an hour lunch break and have to go to work and we've been on this for a while so last last night someone asked right prior to the game they go, if Michigan State takes an L tonight, how many wins do they need to get into the big dance? Joe Lenardi, ESPN's expert, one. 
want. And and that's that's the you. I think you yeah. had two or three. Yeah, I agree. 100, you, you've 100%. always been one off of me. I've been saying one. You've been saying two. So like we're pretty close. But I made a case. I'm trying to think. What was Wednesday? Um, I made a case Wednesday. I think Michigan State should already be in. Uh, Joe Lenardi said nobody caught up to Michigan State last night, despite how bad the game looked. Um, I, I think they should already be in because Duke's just a hair behind Michigan State. Well, Michigan, everything Michigan State does is better. Xavier's lost. Boise State's lost. Seton Hall's lost. Everybody's freaking lost in this game to a lot worse teams than what Michigan State's been losing. Um, so the magic yeah. number to clinch it is still at one. I think, like I said, they, if they go 0-2, I still think they should be in, depending on how that second game yeah. works. So we're, are we right there? Are we even there? Yeah, no, I – yeah, I I think they have to – yeah, no, I think, I think I said 15 wins. That would put them at 15 wins. I mean, then you're 15 – even if you're 15 and 13, yeah. um, you know, it, it still looks really good. You know, 16 and 12 looks a lot better. So a win Sunday would be – for sure you're in. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think one is all you need. And I don't think anybody's expecting Michigan State to beat Michigan – me and you know better because we've been around this rivalry that we probably expect it still to probably happen or it could happen. A lot of people just think Michigan's will kill them. They don't watch these two teams. They don't know these programs. But, uh, yeah, one more win and, and they're in. And then I'm wrong again because I just didn't think they could even come close. I mean, the way they were playing. But, uh, yeah, one more win. And, I mean, every Spartan player, anyone ever involved in the program, they wanted that win to be Sunday. I mean. And believe me, Tom says he's ready to go for Sunday. They'll be ready. They will play much better. They get two days. They need Six those two days. The one day days. break was was brutal. You know, I mean, it was really brutal because, <laughs> you know, the one thing about Michigan State, the difference between that, that one day break mm-hmm. was Michigan kind of threw in the towel against Illinois and didn't yeah. fight. <laughs> Michigan State fought their asses off against Indiana to win that damn game. I mean, they fought so hard. And Indiana played so hard. So, yeah, I mean, they were gassed coming in. Two days now. And then you get the the week to prepare. You get a little more break. And then that's – All right. So, let's hear it. Let's get those predictions in. That'll be much better. Uh, You know, we both said Michigan was going to win. You didn't think it was going to be by as much as I did. I was on the Flipside podcast, and uh, me and Nate Moss, who's joined us over here, on this format a couple times, uh, you know, I said 74 to 61. Um, relatively speaking, the difference was close, yeah, close. but um, it wasn't quite the game that I expected still. Uh, but we both said that, uh, and Anthony said when he joined us, that Michigan wins the first one. Uh, we both said Michigan State wins the second one. Are you still on that train? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think Michigan has nothing to play for, and I think they're already thinking about the big picture. Um, I think Michigan State is, is thinking about there's just no way in hell we can lose our last game on our home floor against our rival, and we also are playing for our tournament lives. So I think they fight hard, and I think they win a close one. I think it will look very much like the Illinois game. I think it will come right down the end where Michigan, you know, no, is, no. is playing. I don't see Michigan State blowing Michigan out. I just don't see that. But I, I do see – 
I do see Michigan State fighting hard, digging, scratching, winning like they usually would in this rivalry game when they're not as good as they typically are. And I think they win. I think they win by a few possessions. And um, I think that Josh Langford can go out the right way. Got to give him a lot of credit for fighting. And uh, Michigan State then rightfully so gets back in the tournament. So um, I was wrong on that. I didn't think it could be possible. They they have I don't like agreeing with you because to muster some wins out. Like you said, I've been really right this year about a lot of things. And I and you've been really wrong, but I am agreeing with you, and so I'm really thrown off by this right now. Um, a lot. <laughs> I'm not telling you my secret, well, but it's pretty obvious. Because... I pick against Michigan okay. a lot. It seems to work All for right. me. So, um, um, you know, so I've I'm, got, I'm a little superstitious. I, I've got Michigan State winning. You said it was Langford's. You know, it's Langford's last game at the Breslin Center. I, I and like I said on Wednesday show. Look, I was at what was supposed to be his last game at the Breslin Center against Ohio State, and I uh, and I think they're going to uh, find a way to uh, put it together and win. I think Langford's going to play well, and I think uh, Michigan State's going to end up winning this game. They're going to put that effort in, and they're going to, you know, like you said, they have four days off. Uh, I think they don't have anything else to really want to leave on the floor. I kind of want to see a team cleaves against Syracuse situation where Aaron Henry calls out everybody who's not putting in the effort. Like when Cleves had his forearm up against, you know, Smush and Morris Peterson up against the wall, cussing him out. I want to see Henry hold the, those other guys accountable. I think they're going to be held accountable. Uh, I think Soko plays a little bit more and I think, uh, I think Michigan state's going to end up winning this game uh illinois gave him the format you got to pressure smith and uh, make things difficult for him rocket watts is capable of doing that um and i think we're going to see it Uh, i don't know if he's going to contribute offensively but i think we'll at least see it on the defensive end but so yeah we both have michigan state winning uh closer games than obviously than uh what was last night but uh yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, and we'll be back. We'll break it all down on Monday and look ahead to the Big Ten Tournament. But that does it for us today. For Jeremy File, I'm Tyler Hayward. This is the Trouble with the Snap podcast. <laughs>